Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, SFFEL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future. Our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams, recording on May 6th, and today I am talking about dream adaptations in light of having watched Shadow and Bone. But before I talk about my dream adaptations, I am going to tell you about our first sponsor, which is Young Blood by Andrew Barrer, and this is from Amazon Original Stories. It's a miracle, the fountain of youth discovered flowing through the veins of post-millennials. In idyllic planned communities, freed from adulting and student loans, the young can live in guilt-free organic luxury. All it costs them is a weekly blood donation to extend the lives of their privileged elders. But prices are going up. There's much more to the Utopian Sunset Consortium than anyone realizes in this chilling trilogy of short stories from Andrew Barrer and Amazon Original Stories. Amazon Prime members read and listen to the Youngblood trilogy for free. This is described as three darkly comedic short stories depicting a dystopian future. So if that sounds like it's up your alley, check out... Young Blood by Andrew Barr, and this is again from Amazon Original Stories. So I watched, I marathoned the Shadow and Bone series on Netflix, and I was very excited about this adaptation. Um, we talked about it on SFF yeah in previous episodes, and I watched the trailer and was super in love with all of the effects. Like, they looked so cool, and I was just really excited to see characters from both Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows IRL, like, on the screen, outside of my imagination. And I really enjoyed it. I won't get too deep into my thoughts about the show because I only have so much time, but it got me thinking about what other stories I would like to see adapted. And the first story I thought about was Moon of the Crusted Snow. This is by Wapagisha Grice, and this is apocalyptic fiction. It takes place in Canada and around the Anishinaabe community so this is a First Nations story, and it is truly terrifying. I found it very chilling. I also see this as a very, like, indie horror apocalyptic uh, film. It has that vibe, and it sort of has that slow burn quiet to it. But there's also this 
sense of dread that runs through the story that kept me churning the pages. So this takes place on a reservation. It's, again, in Canada, and Evan is the main character. Everyone he knows and loves lives on this reservation, other than, you know, some of the the kids who've gone off to school outside of the community. But his family, friends, everyone else in this community has really close ties. Everybody knows about everybody else. And so when one day the electricity shuts off without warning, um, the lives and livelihood of everyone around him is hugely important and is of great concern to Evan and makes him also think about how prepared everybody is. So, you know, we all rely, we have, there have been some disasters, I will say, that have happened. And, you know, we are forced to reckon with how much we rely on modern conveniences, you know, just even grocery stores. And that sort of becomes part of the question and part of the big trial that happens in this story where people are not, you know, they don't have the privilege of those modern conveniences anymore. And Evan is someone who still practices a lot of the traditions of the Anishinaabe community, Um, but not everybody is in his position. And his role as somebody who is part of this community is to help people out. And so, you know, you watch Evan struggling to help people and to try to reason with them when fear comes into the picture. And then you also get this story of the fear of outsiders coming in and making the situation worse. It was a really harrowing read. I kept turning the pages in terror because there's this sort of premonition moment where you know something bad is something even worse. I mean, things are already bad, but you know something even worse is coming down the pipeline. You're just like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to this community and what's going to happen to Evan and his family? And I think that You know, in addition to having that sort of dreadful silence of the ice and the snow and no electricity, um, you also have these really complex themes, you know, and with apocalyptic fiction and disaster fiction and climate fiction, you know, especially on screen, it has been historically so white dominated, which I find odd considering who's most affected by those disasters, what those people look like. And also, you know, especially with conversations around who's most affected by things like climate change, for instance. And in Moon of the Crusted Snow, there's this thread of exploitation and of colonization of white men coming to claim what doesn't belong to them, but that they feel entitled to. And we don't get many stories like that on screen. We don't get many movies that also center indigenous communities. And this story has so many layers because it is involved, like it does 
center on this community, and it talks about the challenges within and without and the clashing of modernity and also generational trauma. So I think it would be really refreshing to see an apocalyptic story like this on the screen, and I think it could be a really powerful depiction. So on a slightly lighter note, I guess, um, my next pick was a lot more influenced by Shadow and Bone's tone specifically, and I was thinking about A Read Alike and The Bone Witch by Rin Chupeco came to mind. This is a YA fantasy story, and it has a lot of those similar elements. We have the Ashas, who are the witches of this world that Rin Chupeco has built, and we follow Tia, who resurrects her brother, and through doing that, learns that she is an Asha, and she has a gift for necromancy. She's a bone witch, and bone witches are not so much revered as they are feared, but she gets taken under the wing of a mentor taken away from her family and everything she knows to learn about her power to develop as an Asha and to also learn the rules and guidelines and uh, rituals of being an Asha. And as you can imagine, it's not a terribly easy um, challenge that she faces to learn about this power that's kind of spurned and and not really appreciated or respected by people because they associate so many bad things with bone witches. Um, but we also see a version of Tia narrating this story from the future and Tia of the beginning of her career as an Asha is one person, and Tia of the future narrating this story is a very different person. So you know that there's going to be a very involved story about what happens to Tia as she learns about her powers and how that changes her and how the world's approach to her changes her in a big way. So there are some dark elements here, similar to Shadow and Bone, where, especially with the necromancy skill and some of the imagery that's evoked by the future Tia storyline, you know that there's going to be some dark stuff happening here. Um, and I just think that, especially considering the success of Shadow and Bone that we're already seeing and the interest people have in stories about, you know, young witches coming into their own, learning about their power. Uh, I think that this could be a really successful and entertaining adaptation. And the story itself, like the world building, is really rich in terms of the descriptions that are available to inspire scenes and scenery and characters and even like you know, I watch movies very much for food. It's one of my favorite things um, in fantasy stories because I don't know why, but we tend to get really great descriptions of food in fantasy stories. Uh, some of them. 
And this is definitely true for the Bone Witch. And so I just think that there's so much material to work with here. And we already know these stories are so successful with audiences of all ages. And I personally would just love to see this taken to the screen. So again, I was talking about the Bone Witch. That's by Rin Chupeko. And that's it. Those are some of my dream adaptations that I would love to see on the screen. And I would love to hear about what you'd love to see on the screen. But for the meantime, I'm out. SFF Yeah is sound edited by DR Baker. Many thanks to them for making us sound great each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us your dream adaptations or whatever you want at sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you have a moment, please do review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. And you can find me online on Instagram at Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. Until next time.